glory. Take your Bible, turn with us tonight over in 2 Timothy chapter 4 for the reading of the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4 tonight, and just pray for us. Pray for me and my wife. It's, uh, we can just keep moving on and doing some things for the Lord in these days. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we start reading at verse number 1. Paul says to young Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things. Do, uh, uh, but watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists, make full reproof of thy ministry. And verse 6 is what I'm interested in. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Here's an old man of God who's given his life in the Word of God, traveling around the world, doing missions, evangelists, and even some pastoring, and just walking with God and serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and coming to address to a young preacher to say, Timothy, I want you to keep going. My time's come now that I get out of here and watch his statement in verse six, for I fought a good fight and I finished my course. Uh, no, wait, that's verse seven. I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul said, I've come to the place now. I'm ready to be offered. Amen. It's all fine. It's all well in these hours. And tonight, I'd just like to preach for a few minutes tonight to us. Are you ready for his coming? I'm telling you, folks, if there's ever been a nation that needs to get right with God, it's in America tonight. Yes, sir. And I got studying this and I got going back and I hear some preachers today say, well, we're going to have a big move of God. We're going to have a national revival and all of that's a sign of his coming. Did they have one in Noah's day? 120 years of preaching and didn't have a revival. And I'm saying today, as a national, we're not having a revival. We can have one in individual churches. But I'm talking about our nation tonight, around the country and around the world tonight. And every event, when it comes, Jesus going to Calvary and dying on an old rugged cross for us, and we could be saved by the grace of God. Did we have a revival then? No revival even took place in that day. And I'm telling you what, folks, tonight, now he's coming, his nearness coming tonight. And we're seeing a fall in a way. And we're seeing preachers turn from the truths of the word of God. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm across in paths. 
I heard a man used to preach the truth, heard him on radio the other day, and he said when God uh, uh, created man, he wrote our name in the Lamb's book of life, and then when we come accountable our sins, he raced it out, uh, and then when we got saved, he wrote it back. I don't know where he got that doctrine from. I've never heard that kind of preaching before in my life, and, and there's no book to back it up tonight, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering where some of the stuff's coming from in these days. And so church, if we've ever pulled together and worked together and stood behind your pastor and, and love him and hold his hands and encourage him just to keep on preaching the truth of the word of God. I know your pastor, he's gonna do that tonight. <laughs> and I appreciate the men of God uh, that stands like that in these days. And so what is it that kept Paul going on and saying, I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready. Uh, uh, my time's come to a close now. Uh, and I realize tonight as an old man of God, 81 year old, be 82 my birthday. Uh, I know I've not got much longer to go. A lot of people younger than I am are passing on and they're checking out of here tonight. Uh, my wife, 83, and, and she and I realize as we know tonight, we don't have a lot of time left, but I tell you, I don't want to quit. Don't want to step down. I just want to keep going on for the glory of God in these days. Uh, number one tonight, I believe reason Paul uh, was so excited about the coming of the Lord. Uh, he never could get over uh, his conversion. Uh, the day that he got saved by the good grace of God, uh, I'm here to tell you tonight, friend, uh, that's a day in the life of a person that gets truly born again by the grace of God. Uh, we never get over tonight. Uh, I can go back under to Old Maple Springs Baptist Church that Sunday morning uh, when the Holy Ghost dealt with my heart. Uh, and I bowed there and got saved by the good grace of God. Uh, not much of a prayer uh, as a young fella, uh, not knowing a whole lot about the Bible and the Word of God. Uh, but I knew that Sunday morning I was lost. Uh, and if I died, I'd want to hell. Uh, and I just bowed there and said, Lord, uh, I want you to save me. And I said, uh, from this hour on, uh, if I die and go to hell, I'm going to hell trusting you uh, and what you did at Calvary. Uh, and I want to tell you, for uh, uh, 61 years, uh, it's been true in my heart tonight. Uh, I've never got over it, thank God. Uh, neither did Paul ever get over uh, his profession of faith uh, on that Damascus road. Uh, uh, you can find tonight, uh, over in Acts chapter 9, uh, over and over and over again, uh, Paul talked about how God met him on that Damascus road uh, when he had papers in his pocket. Uh, he's going down to persecute the saints of God in Damascus. Uh, but I want to tell you, God had something else for him. Uh, Paul had been mean as a devil, uh, lived as a with as much devils in him, man. He said he was chiefest of sinner. Uh, but I want to tell you from that hour uh, when God spoke to him on that way down to Damascus, uh, a light shone around about him uh, and a voice of God spoke to him uh, and said, Paul, is it not hard to kick against the pricks? Uh, uh, what have you been doing the way you've been destroying the way uh, that you've been a hindering in, in people of getting saved. Uh, he said, I got a work for you to do. I'm going to save you. Uh, he said, I want you to preach the word of God. Uh, and he said, I want you to go in into Damascus. Uh, and therefore, there'll be one uh, uh, who that will uh, uh, tell you what all that I want done in your life. What an experience. I mean, just save, 
called to preach. And mine wasn't hardly that way. See, my daddy was a preacher, and I was never going to be a preacher because people always come by me and lay their hand on my head and say, Brother Wishon, if uh, you make as good a preacher as your dad, you'll be a great preacher. And I let that stand in my way when God was dealing with me to preach the Word of God for what had been said to me. And I wasn't planning on ever being a preacher but I want to tell you that day when I come out of the chicken house that Sunday evening, uh, pulling cobwebs out of my hair, uh, wiping chicken dust off of my clothes, uh, I knew God had called me to preach. Uh, and I went to the house and I told my wife, we didn't live that far from the church, about a quarter of a mile. Uh, and I said, honey, I'm going on to church. Uh, I said, come on when you get ready. Uh, and I tell you, met with my pastor and told him what God uh, had done in my heart. And that night I made it known to the church. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, when God lays his hand on you it's a difference, it's a change and I want to tell you tonight as we come here, Calvary Baptist Church Paul never could get over of what God done for him we can also see over in Acts chapter 22 when Paul had been called up with his preaching and how they turned against him and some of folks that he thought was his friends had turned their back upon him preaching to Jerusalem and, and uh, to Israel uh, and to Aquanian and those folks, uh, how that they brought charges against him. Uh, they carried him into court to try him, uh, had him on the stand trying him up, uh, that they could do away with him uh, and shut him out uh, and uh, 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 turn, uh, uh, turn his life uh, totally back around to where he used to be. Uh, but when uh, he said, Judge, could I speak for myself? They come a difference in the courtroom that day. <laughs> Paul told them how he used to be. He didn't deny it. He said, uh, Judge, I, I had papers in my pocket. I was going down to Damascus uh, uh, to arrest some of them and put them away and hush them up. Uh, but then he said, uh, on that road, there was a voice that spoke to me. Uh, a light shone around about me. Uh, and God struck me with blindness up. Uh, and I was led on into Damascus up. And there Ananias came and laid his hands upon me. And my sight came back to me. And Brother Owen Paul just taken over that courtroom. And again, they turned on him in Acts chapter 26 and carried him over to Agrippa. And there did the same thing in that trial. Hey man, as he said, what happened on the Damascus Road told the judge in, in chapter 22 uh, and now before Agrippa in chapter 26, hey, he never got over it. I mean, listen tonight, uh, hey, if you're saved, you got something to be excited about and to know the truth of uh, and know the story uh, of the saving grace and his glory. I have permission tonight to tell the story. I asked a man before he died if I could tell his life story. And he gave me permission. And he said, preacher, if you can do it, help any old sinner get saved. He said, just tell the story. I don't know if you folks ever know Vance Calloway or not. One of the meanest men I guess ever lived in Yakin County. One of the most dangerous men. I mean, uh, he was tough. I've tried to witness to Vance and he'd cuss me out and beat his fist up in my face, just, uh, just snare at me and say all hard things. Uh, and he'd come to town on an old bicycle, 
he'd scream and holler, cuss everybody out. He passed up, uh, just wicked, uh, uh, full of the devil. Uh, but there at Northwood Baptist Church for years, we had a prayer time on Friday night. And the men at the church there, we finally got under a burden for vets. And uh, we'd pray for individuals and won't see God save them and all of that. Uh, and so we got praying for vets. Uh, and some uh, said, well, doubt if that'll ever happen, but we'll pray for him. Uh, no, I won't tell you, thank God tonight. God's no respect of person, amen. Uh, and so uh, uh, one night we prayed. Uh, uh, boy, that was in a prayer service run a van up right from Northwood in, in by Vance's house. Uh, and on Saturday morning, he said, went out to visit on my route and said, the Lord said, stop Vance to ride your van. van. He said, Lord, I don't want to fight that man. He said, uh, he'll cuss me out. I'll probably have to fight him. He said, I don't do that today. I want to work my bus route. And he said, the Lord pressed on him again. You stop. And he said, when the Lord said, you stop, he said, I know that motion. I know that voice. He said, I pulled in Vance's driveway. And he said, I walked up to the door, knocked on the door. And he said, I really stepped back. I didn't know if he'd run out on me or what he'd try to do. And I said, Vance, I drive a little van route through here to Northwood Baptist Church. And said, I'd like to invite you to Go with me to Sunday school in the morning and ride our van. And he said, Vance hung his head. And he said, sir, thank you for stopping. He said, I told the Lord last night, I was 72-year-old, and I didn't want to die and go to hell. <laughs> See, the prayers had already worked. It was all in order. And next morning, they brought Vance. Two men walked him down, set him down on the front bench, They'd already said if he got up and went out, there's going out with him. If he had to go to the bathroom, there's going to the bathroom with him. Because they said if, if he's like he normally is, some of the ladies leave their pocketbook kind of loose. He'll walk out with one of them. And they, they was just right on their trail. But he sat right there and listened to Brother Barker preach that morning. Give the invitation. And Vance looked up at him with tears running down his face. He said, preacher, you think God would save a man like me? And he said, yes, Vance. God would want to save you. And Vance throwed himself from the front bench into the altar, cried out unto God to save him, forgive him of his sins. Ah, oh, listen, friend, he'd been a hard knock, a hard road. But I won't tell you the next week, he was down at the shopping center. And he said, folks, I don't know much about the Bible and how to tell you, but this track right here will tell you how to get to heaven. And people couldn't understand it. They said, that, that man's going plumb crazy. I mean, cussing everybody out from saying, hey, here's a message to tell you how to get to heaven. And Vance had already been charged with an old pistol. He didn't tell any of us. He didn't post to have one. So in January, his trial come up and uh, uh, the, sheriff, the uh, chief of police there in town called Brother Barker, said, I don't know what's going on. He said, they got Vance on the stand this morning. He said, get over here. So they come to, he came to the courthouse and they listened to what they was bringing against Vance. It is an old pistol that he had uh, tried to sell. He didn't post havoc for all the charges he had against him. And the judge said, Vance, I'm going to send you to Dorothy Dix for 60 days. I'm tired of you coming to my court. 
Now I'm probably going to put you away for a long time. But I want them to evaluate you because I'm, I'm probably going to give you everything I can give you. And Vance just turned around and stuck his hands out. Never done it before. He'd always cuss a judge out. <laughs> I mean, uh, shake a shingles, really, hollering and carrying on. And so they come up and handcuffed him, started to walk him off. And he looked at the judge and said, Judge, could I say a word? And he said, yes, sir. He said, I just want to tell this court, I don't have to go to hell now. I got saved the other Sunday morning. And before Vance left the platform, he had the judge crying, had the sheriffs crying, had people out in the, out in the uh, seats out there. They were crying. They couldn't believe it with such a humble spirit, such a love within this voice. I'm going to heaven. Don't have to go to hell. That's just like old Paul. He never could get over. Thank God for being saved. Folks, we're too near home now to let up, to slow up tonight. Thank God. I'm glad the same God that saved us is the same God that's able to keep us tonight by the good grace of God. And let's just press on for the glory of God in these hours. And so we see here Paul never was ashamed of his salvation and how he got saved and how God used him so greatly in his day. Let me say tonight, a lot of times we never know who we'll run by, but I'm here to tell you tonight, God's able to use your testimony. He's able to use your voice to try to help someone else, encourage someone else to be saved. I was over in Pilot Mountain just some weeks ago, a lady come up to me and said, Preacher, you remember me? And I said, No, ma'am, I don't. Grown lady. She said, You remember when you was at Poplar Springs Baptist Church? And I said, Sure. She said, You remember that little old girl that morning, 13 year old, come to the altar? And she told me her name and said, I gloriously got saved that morning. And you taking me over in Fish River and baptized me. That uh, one Sunday afternoon, she said, I'm that little girl that came uh, and said, I just want you to know, preacher, has been good for all of these years now. I'm telling you what, it'd be amazing if we'll just use what God will let us in these days to be a help to others that's on their way to hell tonight. That's to help them to keep them out of hell like the grace of God kept Paul out of hell tonight. And we that are saved, by the grace of God. Then number two tonight, I believe what kept Paul looking for his coming to say I'm ready to go. I believe it was the comforting spirit that took charge in his life. You know, Jesus said over in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But he said in verse 16, as I go away, there's another coming. It's going to be a comforter. Now be a comforter that will help you. But not only that, in verse 26 of John chapter 14, he said in verse 26, that comforter is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, the moment I got saved, that's what took place in my life. I'm glad the Holy Ghost moved in. 
that day when Paul was saved down on Damascus Road, there was a Holy Ghost that came in him to lead him and to guide him and to teach him into all truths. Uh, let me say tonight, folks, we're not living alone tonight. Thank God we got one uh, who lives within us tonight. Uh, hey, when sir, we're running up on something uh, and we don't know how to handle it, I'm glad there's one takes over uh, and say, walk aside, move the other direction. Uh, go the other way tonight, here free. And uh, hey, we're not in this thing alone tonight. Thank God one just like Jesus. Uh, hey, he's the Holy Ghost tonight. Uh, uh, dwells within my heart uh, and in my soul tonight. Uh, saved by the grace of God. Has never has left me uh, for 61 years. Thank God. He's been my comforter tonight. Uh, and Paul never could get over the comforting spirit of God. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn there with me tonight, but turn back there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul gives us a story here tonight that I believe it'd pay us to look to and see how that he has given us in the, these days uh, the things that God would like to do in our own hearts and our own lives. And so we see in 2 uh, Timothy Chapter 12, I thought I had it marked, but my marker got gone. He said, uh, verse number two, he said, I know a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one called up into, into heaven. And I knew such a man which is in the body or out the body. I cannot tell. But God knoweth how that he was called up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. For such a one will I glory yet of, uh, glory yet of myself. I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above he, he sees me to be, or that he heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure, a revelation that was given to me through the flesh and the message of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most glory, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, and the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul said, I want that, 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 that comforter. I want that Holy Ghost of God just to rest upon me. Now, Paul said here some 14 maybe years ago, I knew a man, I don't know if he was in the flesh or out of the flesh, caught up into the third heaven and seen things it was not lawful to preach, seen things it wasn't lawful to tell, 
And he said, I couldn't play a fool. But no, uh, but he said, uh, uh, here, church, uh, I just want to tell you uh, uh, that uh, I got to see things uh, and it's unlawful for me to preach it and tell it. Uh, and he said, uh, when I get up to preach, uh, he said, the devil would buff at me to tell what you've seen in heaven. And he said, if I'd have done that, I'd been exalted above measures of the revelation that I would have had of God, uh, that God told me not to preach. Uh, and therefore, he said, I found that, that grace. Uh, I found that comforter uh, was working in my heart uh, and showing uh, me things uh, that I couldn't do. Uh, uh, preaching uh, this thing has come to be a thorn in my flesh. And I asked God just totally to remove it. Uh, I believe he asked him just to clean his mind, uh, take it plumb away from him. And he said, no, Paul, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you more grace to overcome it. Let's go back now 14 years in the Word of God. Over in, the, in Acts chapter 14 and verse number 19. In Acts 14, in chapter 19, we see here in verse number 19 that Paul has been a preaching at Jerusalem. He's been telling the old story. He's preached to Judah. I coin you and other places that God had opened the door. And they had come out on Paul because of, of the, the book of Acts is, is a period of a transaction to, from coming out of the law into grace. And Paul was no longer uh, telling the, uh, the story of the law. He was telling the story of salvation by grace. And they came against Paul and they ran out on him. And listen to verse 19. And there came there certain Jews from Antioch and Iconia and they persecuted the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposedly him to be dead. This is a story right here that Paul told the Corinthian church about of his experience. Now, don't fall out with me. I'm not going to fall out with you if you don't believe this with me. I believe Paul died right there. Believe that. And God let him go into the third heaven and let him see some things and let him know what he had in store for him on the other side. Now, we have quite a bit about heaven, but Paul got to see some things we don't know about yet. And here's the only thing he said. I don't know if I was in a body or out of the body. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to tell you something. Folks, when we get there, they ain't no telling what kind of body we're going to have. It's hard for me to imagine that when I study the Word of God like this. And when God begins to speak to us and let us know. And so now, if you don't agree with me on this, don't fall out with me. I'm just so excited when I study the Word of God. I want to grab a hold of everything I can get a hold of. Why do you do that, preacher? Thank God it just keeps me pressing on for the glory of God. <laughs> Woo! About to have me a spell. I'm here to tell you tonight, thank God, 
Uh, there's something about this Christian life that we're in tonight. Uh, this world don't understand it tonight. They don't understand us. Uh, hey, listen, you say you had your affliction. Sure, we've been there. Uh, we've been through our troubles. We've been through our trials. We've been through our heartaches. We've been through our sorrows. Uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, glory to God, when it seems like you're on the bottom, uh, there's one that just moves inside of us uh, and gives us that grace and comfort, uh, hey, that we we need for the hour up. And I'll assure you tonight, glory to God, uh, he's not going out of business tonight. Uh, and if you're here and you're not saved tonight, uh, you really don't understand what I'm preaching uh, of trying to help you tonight. Uh, thank God there's some better on the other side. Uh, and they are in the flames of hell tonight. Uh, men are screaming and saying, give me a, a drop of water to cool my parching tongue tonight. Thank God there's a glory on the other side. Why choose hell tonight? When you say, Jesus, I want you to come to my heart and life and save me. Pass it on. Say, well, I'll put it off a little while. I'll get saved. When I pastored Mount Hermon Baptist Church. And a man came for three weeks under deep conviction. Hold to the pew until tears run down his cheeks. Wet his coat or his shirt he had on. And he'd shake. I went to his house twice and I talked to him and I said, what are you fighting? He said, preacher, give me 30 more days. 30 more days and I'll assure you I'm going to get saved by the grace of God. I said, listen, why God's dealing with you now? I said, don't, don't pass a day of grace. Uh, I said, get saved right now. It's time. You know God's dealing with you and you want to be I just don't, can't understand what you're holding on to to wait 30 days. And I begged and I pleaded I cried with him. 21 days from that day, I stood in the pulpit and said the last words over his body. And all I could hear while I was trying to preach it, comfort that family. 30 days, I'm going to get saved. When the funeral home called me, I knew Mr. Clay Davis. And I said, Clay... How did he die? He said, preacher, I got a call. I got there with the ambulance. He said, I went in the house and I checked him over and I knew he was already dead. But there's such emotion about it until I went ahead and loaded the body and got it away and got it to hospital to let him pronounce him dead there because I wasn't a medical doctor and I didn't want it on my hands and I did it. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, I've never got over that. When I was in Chicago, Moody Baptist Church, stood in the pulpit where Moody preached for him for years. But he was preaching a series and he was not given an invitation for that weekend, preparing his church for revival and trying to get their hearts settled on revival and just giving everything he had toward revival. And that great fire that night broke out in Chicago and hundreds and hundreds of people died in that far there. And Moody come back and stood in that pulpit that I stood behind. And they said he waited till the tears run down the pulpit. And said, church, I apologize. I'll never preach again without giving an invitation to give a lost man, woman, boy, girl a chance to be saved by the grace of God. Oh, preacher, I don't want to make that mistake myself. I won't see people saved. <laughs> Body tired, sure. 
the one for this old pacemaker keeping my heart a beating. I couldn't be here tonight. But thank God, what a privilege. Church, and I don't want to just take it for granted tonight. I just want to tell the old, old story. Just get one more save of the grace of God and tell them about there's a comforter. When you get saved, it'll come. And he'll tell you and he'll help you tonight to know how to be saved. But not only that, to, to continue to abide with you and to live with you and to lead you and to guide you and to teach you in all truths. Don't turn it aside tonight. Boy, these days is running out. I won't see as many as I can saved before I have to check out of here and see them come to know Christ as a Savior. So Paul's comforter, what kept him looking forward and said, Lord, I'm ready. Can you say that tonight? Then number three, now come to a close tonight. Paul never could get over the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians, in verse number 58, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment and a twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruption must put on the incorruption, and the mortal must put in mortality. So then this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on mortality. Then shall be brought to pass the sins that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is law. But thanks be to God which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, uh, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, unmovable, always abandoned in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your work is not vain in the Lord. Paul couldn't get over that. <laughs> So he said here, sharing this with us about the rapture of the church. He told the church of Corinth, he said, uh, that his coming, and his coming was going to be like a thief. And not only that, Paul said here in, in Corinthians, God's not the author of confusion. And he said he does everything decent and in order. I want you to write this down and, and look at this verse, look at this chapter when you get home. It's a lot of reading to do there, and I'm not going to do that tonight. But over in Numbers chapter 10, God told Moses to make two trumpets of one piece for the calling of the assembly. Now, I believe if you're going to use something, there ought to be maybe a type or a picture of it in the Old Testament if you make a doctrine out of it. 
If it's not, then you might ought to just leave that alone. Go on. And so here Paul said in verse number two, he said that the last trump, the dead in Christ, shall rise first. So if there's a last, there's a first. So when you get back in numbers and you get studying, it was a calling out of the assembly. That's what the rapture is going to be. Get us as the believers out of here. And so when the first and sounded, they moved to the tabernacle and they waited because the second was alarm that give them orders to what side to go to, to meet on. We're talking about millions of people at this gathering. And so then the next, and then the next alarm would speak to the others on the other side where to move to and where to go to. Now, if you don't agree with me on this, that's all right. Now, this preaching, it, it might sound real good that trains going to run through deep holes and planes going to fall out of the sky and cars are going to run head on and it's going to be a total disaster. The Bible don't teach that. So if he's going to do it decent in order, I believe, brother preachers, if I'm going down the road in my car and that first trumpet sounds and I'm going to know that trumpet, because that's for the church to get ready to get out of here. I'm going to pull my old car off the side of the road and say, come on, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Because yeah. then when the commands give, you know what I'm going to do? I'll get out here in a moment twinkling of an eye. Yeah, and this world ain't going to really know what's took place until it's all over with. And then, brother, all hell's going to break loose in those hours. I want you to know he didn't make a mess when he got Noah out. It came a flood, and they had never seen a flood, but he done it in such a way, friend, they had a chance to get ready. It rained for 40 days, and before that, before that water got so deep, they had a chance to get saved. They didn't do it. We got a chance to get saved now on the authority of God's word. We're not in blindness tonight. We're not in darkness tonight, friend. And I want you to know glory to God. It's time people wakes up. If you plan on going to heaven with us, you better get in tonight if you're not saved. And I want you to know Paul could not get over. Thank God he's coming again. And church, let me say tonight, I believe what I've preached tonight if we'll hang to that and we'll look to that and lean on that, I believe it'll keep Calvary Baptist Church going. And I believe it'll keep you going with excitement, a, a thrill in your song, a, a joy within your witness, a, a, a happiness within your fellowship tonight. And that's where God's wanting the church to be in these hours. I'm here to tell you when Paul uh, Thank God that comforter that came to him uh, and comforted him uh, in that hour of death. Uh, you know what? When he got back from the third heaven, thank God he went back and preached salvation by grace to that same crowd that he left. Oh, you say somebody did me wrong. Hey, listen, if you'll just let that good grace of God work in your soul and that comfort tonight, he'll have you going right back and witness to them people, talking to them about the Lord. Let them know that you love them even tonight. And so as we look here, I, I know it's been a little scattering tonight, but I've just given my heart tonight. Because folks, it's about over with. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm looking to get out of here. 
We've never experienced what we've gone through now almost in two years. And brother, everything is coming to pass just like he said it was coming to pass. Men's going to turn against good. They're going to turn to evil. They're going to have evil years. And brother, good's going to be called evil and evil's going to be called good. You're seeing that right before your eyes today. And if you'll keep a listening tonight, you're finding out they're turning on the church now. And our church has been attacked uh, with this matter of this virus that we've had. And yet we're having, I'm here to tell you tonight, it's all coming to our face and we're seeing it and we're nearing his coming tonight. Brother, if you will come, get the number tonight, whatever you want to do. I'm kind of like a Brother Moody. I don't want to close tonight without giving an invitation. If you're here tonight and not saved, there'll be somebody around this altar to help you tonight. I might not know you, but I'm glad Jesus knows you tonight. And this church, I'm sure, knows you if you're here tonight. And I sure would love for you to come tonight and just trust Jesus as your Savior tonight. So, brother, you come and give an invitation as you like. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the pianist would make their way to the piano. He's already given it. The invitation was already presented. Once again, if you're here and you're lost and undone without Jesus Christ, you've never, you can't think back to a time, a date, and a place when you put your faith in him to save your soul from a devil's hell. Oh, let us, let us, let us take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. There'll be men up at the front, some of our altar workers, if you'll make your way up. There'll be some people up here that will be glad to help you. If you're watching by way of live stream, call that number. Right across the bottom of your screen, there's a number that you can call. And there's somebody, there's somebody that'll be willing to help you, pray with you, be able to take the Bible and show you how you can go to heaven. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, let me ask a question. You say, well, Brother Brandon, I, I want to go to that heaven. I want to go to that place called heaven. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure if I took my last breath right now that I'd go to heaven. I don't know, Brother Brandon, but I want you to pray for me. I want to go. You slip that hand up, we'll pray for you. We won't call you out, won't come down there and get you, but we want to pray for you. God will know who you are. You slip it up and take it right back down. Is there anyone here like that? So Brother Brandon, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Amen. By the looks of that, we're all saved in here tonight. How about it? Paul never got over it. Paul never got over what he got on that Damascus road. How long has it been? since you just thank the Lord for saving your soul, Christian. How long has it been since you hit an altar and just thanked him for doing an eternal work inside of your life? Turning your life all the way around, making a, make, making a 180 out of you. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet and keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment. Abel will sing just a little bit here for us. But you do business as God laid upon your heart. 
Child of God, how long has it been? Are you, have you gotten over getting saved? Have you gotten over what he's done in your life? How he reached down low and squeezed your heart and you come to that saving knowledge of him. How long has it been since you just thanked him for it? Hey, will you sing, brother? Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others I walk. How about it tonight? We won't keep the invitation long, but it's open right now. Do not pass You take that first step, he will help you with the second, I guarantee you. church or a tent meeting or just going down the road or or a chicken house wherever it was that God just moved and met with you don't ever get over it Amen. don't ever get over it I don't know about you but the, the more I live down here the more I'm ready to go home <laughs> I'm 33 brother but I'm longing for home I got family over there I got friends over there heaven sounds sweeter and sweeter every day Amen. Hey, if you're lost in here, just because we're done in here doesn't mean God's done. Amen. We have men that'll be hanging around for just a little while. If you're lost and undone without Jesus, you don't you do not know that you'll have a home in heaven if you took your last breath. Find one of us. 
We'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can have a home in heaven forever. Amen. Let's go out of here encouraged, fired up. Amen. Charged up. I don't know about you, but my, my, my cup runneth over. Amen. I'm just excited, excited to see God, what he's going to do the rest of this week. Pray for this coming Wednesday service. You pray for Brother Terry. He'll be bringing the message. Uh, Lord willing, he'll be preaching for us. So I'm excited to hear that. You come back, look around the room. There's many that are not here, uh, whether it be for sickness or whatever, but you look around the room. You notice somebody that's not here, message them this week. Encourage somebody this week to be here Wednesday night uh, to get to get refueled up, to get our midweek refueling time. Amen. So you pray for one another. Encourage one another as we make our way out. Uh, I'll pray dismisses. Brother, you, you can just hang out right up here. You got something? Got one thing I want to say. Absolutely. I didn't 